up, Red Wave? Caleb and Michael here bringing another a preview. But with this preview, we have Will Decker from the Bruin Bible podcast. And that podcast is all about UCLA. And if you couldn't tell from the Bruin Bible. <laughs> so Will's here. He's going to let us know he's about UCLA. He's going to teach us all we need to know. Uh, but Will, introduce yourself. And tell the Red Wave kind of what you do. We we heard a little bit about you, but why don't you let them know as well? Caleb and Michael, first and foremost, thank you for having me on the Beware of the Bulldog podcast. This is sick. I am super <laughs> fired up and prepping for this one. Um, yeah, I what I do is I cover UCLA football with the LA Football Network. We got a podcast that's centered around uh, the Bruins. It's called the Bruin Bible. Good year to get involved. This is the first year I'm doing it because we started off probably the hottest start we've had and probably the most momentum we've had in quite some time. So UCLA looking good to start, but it's a long season. We'll see what happens. Uh, but feeling pretty optimistic. I think the Bruins fans are very excited after beating LSU. And there's a lot to be happy about from just that game alone. So good things coming for us. But boy, I want to learn more about you guys because – you guys' roster and talent, I was doing some research, pretty damn good, and I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Well, that's what we're hoping, and you're right. We are pretty damn good. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I, I love our team this year. <laughs> and you're but, definitely the reason uh, UCLA is ranked 13th in the country. You just showed up, and they just skyrocketed <laughs> into the top 25, and you must be the good luck charm. Man, I don't want to take credit, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, Chip Kelly basically reached out to me was like, <laughs> Thank you, man. Like we got you now we're in the top 25. Uh, it's not anything like our offensive lines dominated, but like <laughs> Will Decker's doing the Bruin Bible now. So I don't Will know, Decker's man. Here. Will Decker's here. <laughs> I don't he know. Knows our plan well. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. I mean, uh, no, absolutely not. The Bruins were on, you know, point for, you know, coming into a big season this year anyways. Even they were under 500 last year. They were three and four. But those four losses, they lost by a combined 15 points. So, I mean, they were close. I mean, just a couple things go their way. You know, that could have been an easily like a, you know, five and two football team, six and one football team. But unfortunately, it just didn't fall their way. So, yeah, this team returned, you know, 18 of 21, 22 starters. So a lot of people coming back. Hmm. UCLA is going to be good, man. And um, we're fired up down in Westwood. Very similar to, to the dogs. We have a lot of guys returning. I probably 18 to 22 somewhere or 20 out of 22. Mm -hmm. Very, very similar. Uh, yeah, you guys got some studs, man. Yeah. Well, who's your favorite? Who's, who do you like the most on our team? <laughs> yeah. So for me, Hayner, the quarterback is pretty solid. Um, thousand yards through the air through three games. That's nothing to scoff at eight touchdowns. You guys have a really good receiving crew too. If I got this correct, I think there's mm -hmm. four receivers that are over a thousand yards or oh, excuse me, over a hundred yards receiving, which means you might have three to four receivers over a thousand yards when all is said and done, very impressive. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, your D line is actually very, very strong. You guys are averaging, and this was just from the notes that I got. You can tell me if this is correct. 10 tackles per loss per game. Is that, am I getting that right? It sounds good to me. I think we had 11 or 12 against Cal Poly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, on Saturday. I think we also had a lot against UConn. I'm not sure how many we had against Oregon, but I think there's a couple outliers in there that helping that average out a little bit. So, but no, D line's played super well. Uh, David Perales, I think, has been kind of a horse down there on the D line. He's been, uh, I think, he's a junior or senior. He's been, he's been a dog down there. So, 
Yeah, and Aaron Mosby as well. Aaron Mosby's but Evan Atkins is three sacks. I mean, you guys yeah. are just making plays out there, dude. It's been uh, fun to watch. I mean, I was really locked in for that Oregon game because, you know, following the Pac-12, they're the team people referred to as, you know, the favorites coming into this year. And, you know, they did have Thibodeau for the first half, but they had to come back and win. They were down, you know, in the fourth quarter to Fresno State, which made me in my eyes go, holy shit, like we got to play this team moving forward. So this could be a little bit of difficult, you know, and that same Oregon team, the very next week, they go to the shoe and they beat Ohio State. So that should give you guys some confidence, man. I, Me as a casual fan looking in on Fresno State, that made me think, man, these guys are for real because that was an Oregon team on their home turf that almost lost to you guys. So a lot to be impressed about. Who are some of the guys you're most excited about on the offensive side of the ball? For the dogs? For the dogs, yeah. Oh, man. all of I love all of them. But <laughs> I, Jay Kaner's great. I've, I've talked about him before on the podcast. It's just his leadership and, and the way he speaks and interacts with the press and what he says he's going to tell the guys on the team, I I love it. And, and he showed that. Other than his dive and his fumble against Oregon, that was tough. <laughs> but, but I love Jay Kaner. And then I'm a big local guy, so – I don't, you're from California. I don't know if you've been through the central Valley before, but we, we love our Valley boys. Mm -hmm. So I love seeing Jalen Cropper and Josh Kelly and uh, Ronnie rivers. Technically he's not really Valley, but his dad played there. So, you know, these, these guys that stick around, Oh gosh, I love seeing them. And Aaron Mosby, he's a local kid. So just local guys that don't get recruited by your school, UCLA. And then they come (laughs) around and, you know, they're studs for us and, we, and they have a chip on their, their shoulder. But those are some of the guys that I love on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, Jake, Jake Hayner, dude, is the, he's the man. How University of Washington shit the bed on that one and didn't realize that guy's <laughs> a good quarterback is beyond me. Like, not to be mean, like, Washington loses to Montana week one. Meanwhile, yeah. Jake Hayner torches Oregon's defense. Or Jake Hainer's the first quarterback in the country to have over a thousand yards passing this season in FBS anyway. Uh, and he looks like a dog out there. So I'm excited to see what he does. And uh, one guy Caleb didn't bring up Evan Williams on the defensive end. He's a, he's a, a bit of safety and he's been in every tackle. I think that's a huge strength for the dogs this weekend. I remember seeing a few of the highlights from the UCLA uh, LSU game. And what caught my attention is L- uh, UCLA broke a lot of tackles. Um, I remember seeing the tight end, the tight end. I'm, I don't know how to pronounce his last name for UCLA, but he had like three catches, 150 yards. So the only way you do that is like break every tackle. And then the Fresno state, that's my thing to watch this weekend. Who's going to, can Fresno state tackle? And Evan Williams has been a gang tackler. He's been in almost, I feel like every time I, we, I listen to the game on the radio, every, his name is brought up frequently, at least two or three times. uh, The dogs are on defense each time out there. He's aggressive. He's everywhere. So for me, he's a he's a fun guy to fun guy to watch on that end. Yeah, I think the very least, you know, you guys look like you're a pretty complete football team. Like you guys have, like you said, you mentioned a lot of starters coming back on both sides of the ball. You guys are dominating the teams that you should be beating. I mean, UConn 45 to nothing, Cal Poly 63 to 10. Um, and keeping it close against the Pac-12 teams, if you guys can get to like eight or nine wins like a really good bowl game could be in your guys' future. And like, take it for someone who's covering UCLA football. We haven't made a bowl game in like four plus years. So like, if you guys get like a, like a holiday bowl or something like that, that's a huge victory for the program because it gets you guys on the map. 
And I love the point you made, man, Caleb, about the guys that come in with the, the chip on their shoulders because it's a real thing, man. And these kids, I think they play up a level and they come in even more hungry to perform because these are the schools that are in their area and the big Pac-12 schools. And all these people were trying to tell them that they couldn't play at the D1 level. I mean, you mentioned Kelly and Cropper, the two local kids from the Valley. Those are the two guys that are leading you in receiving right now. Those are the probably the two best receivers you guys have. You mentioned, uh, Mike, about uh, Hayner, the quarterback. Dylan Morris is the quarterback for Washington right now. Like you mentioned, they lost to Montana, and it was pretty much solely on the quarterback position. I can guarantee you they were looking at Hayner and what he was doing against Oregon, who is a team that Washington has not been able to beat. And they're going, how the hell did we miss out on this? <laughs> yeah. this guy can absolutely ball. But, yeah, man, this is a game that, you know, I think Chip Kelly wanted to kind of have that opponent that's like, you know, your typical Appalachian State, you know, your small school <laughs> coming after a big mm -hmm. game like LSU. But he's kind of got to keep the guys focused because he knows what you guys are capable of doing. And it's going to be a tough one on uh, Saturday in Westwood. So I'm really, really fired up to see that. Um, in terms of the guys you guys should watch out for, at least on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Caleb, Please. I know you mentioned uh, – running backs the guy you're like a lot of broken tackles things like that this new running back we got zach charbonnet he Ooh. looks amazing mm -hmm. <laughs> this dude can absolutely ball and i mean he came from michigan he had a falling out with the coordinator but when he was a true freshman and by the way he came in as a highly touted recruit i think he was like a top 50 recruit in the country mm -hmm. went to michigan broke their freshman record uh for rushing touchdowns you know extensive history of putting you know running backs in the nfl you know, guys going for the Doak Walker award, whatever it may be, you know, kind of fell out of favor last year at the OC transfers back home. And he's been like a godsend for the program. He is averaging fellas 13.7 yards a carry right now. That's an insane, about that's, that. that's, that's like Madden numbers. <laughs> that's a, that's better insane. than Madden numbers. <laughs> it's a creative player on Madden. Like, I don't know if you guys ever played NCAA football growing up, but you just go yeah, to the Heisman. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, my guy, I don't even think my guy averaged like 13 yards a carry, <laughs> like eight or nine. This guy is chewing through guys and you know, he, to bring a comparison, I'm a big NFL fan. I don't know if you guys are, but the guy he kind of reminds me of, and this is a big statement, and this is just at the college level, not to compare the pro, but in terms of how hard it is to tackle him, it's been a while since I've seen somebody like that. It's Marshawn Lynch is the name that comes to mind hmm. because you need like two or three guys to bring this guy down. And, you know, the LSU defense, you know, whether you want to say Orgeron's the right coach there or whatever, he was going through like, two to three guys that will have at least a fair chance of making the NFL in some mm -hmm. capacity, you know, keeping plays alive, breaking tackles, keeping it rolling. Charbonnet is the guy you got to watch out for. And I think basically what you guys would need to do to win um, to beat the UCLA Bruins is to stop the run. I think that mm -hmm. would be the key for the Bulldogs moving forward. We run over 70% of our plays. So wow. we're basically – the opponents really know what's coming to him. It's just a matter of if you can stop it. We have all five offensive linemen returning from last year. We've got two really good running backs. And if that's not working, we got a dual threat quarterback in Dorian Thompson Robinson who can, you know, take the ball himself and go down the sideline. So the run game is where you got to stop us, but um, not to be outshined by Charbonnet, Britton Brown or other tailback. 
this guy's probably going to get drafted too. So you probably have two NFL running backs on UCLA and, you know, some linemen that'll make the NFL as well. So that would probably be the area of strength for UCLA. So if you can, you know, mitigate that and kind of hold them to a little bit of a loss, um, that would be huge for the freaking Bulldogs, man. So I know Charbonnet is an, a stud, but how much of it is the O-line opening up a hole that a truck can drive through and how much of it <laughs> is Charbonnet, you know, throwing guys to the side? It's a combination of both. And I think if you asked any great running back, they're going to credit the offensive line, right? Um, you know, I think we have, like I said, we had two linemen that are really standing out. And they just happen to be the tackle. Sean Ryan, our left tackle, this guy's a three-year starter now. And he started as a true freshman in the Pac-12. This guy's going to be a high draft pick, like, uh, you know, top three rounder in the NFL. Alec Anderson, our right tackle, was named Offensive Lineman of the Week in the Pac-12. You know, big award. Yeah, he got like a huge grade from PFF. So, I mean, these two guys, having them on the end is like a luxury for this team because they're bulldozers. But with that being said, you can only do so much after the line of scrimmage. Like you can get a, you know, a pretty big hole. Uh, Charbonnet, if you're averaging 13 yards of carry, you're making some linebackers miss as well. And you're making, you know, arguably some uh, defensive backs miss too. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit of both, I think. Uh, but Charbonnet is a special, special talent. So I wouldn't, uh, you know, credit all of that to the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, I was, uh, I was looking through the UCLA team today and, um, I looked at your quarterback Thompson Robinson um, because I, I didn't see a ton of passing yards from him against, um, I believe, uh, Hawaii. I think he only had like 175. One of the yeah. games he only had like 170 yards passing. But then I, I did look, and he has the carries. He's got the ball in his hand. He's getting 40, 50 yards a game. So, is this like a is this a your standard RPO offense where we're going to get Robinson uh, out of the uh, Thompson Robinson out of the gun? with the running backs next to him, or is this going to be more of a a traditional style? I mean, I think of Chip Kelly, I think shotgun where everybody's running down the field as fast as they can, (laughs) but I'm not sure if that's the offense we're seeing from UCLA this year. No, it's very much. uh, They like to do shotgun sets with the threat of like a, you know, play action, tuck it and run RPO, however you want to uh, do it. But I think having them in the shotgun formation uh, allows him to kind of diagnose the play. And if he wants to take off, he can take off, go for some rushing yards, um DTR is kind of the key to this team um he's so talented I don't know if you guys know his background but he went to Bishop Gorman High School mm-hmm. uh, in Las Vegas yeah powerhouse school um he was actually a wide receiver up until his senior year of high school and he showed so much raw talent that he was still like a highly coveted four-star quarterback like it makes <laughs> no sense and the stick with this guy has always been like if he can learn the quarterback position, this guy has a future. Um, I would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more from him through two games if you wanted to play in on Sundays. But this guy has all the tools to be a great quarterback, uh, you know, for UCLA for this upcoming year. Last year, he made a lot of strides. It was the first year he completed over 60% of his passes. Um, you know, to open the year, I think he's got 390 yards passing, four touchdowns, a pick. Um, the Hawaii game, I think he was just kind of getting out some nerves. It did not look like he was very comfortable. Uh, but, yeah, he made the plays when they were they needed to be made. And I think what people forget about Chip Kelly is, you know, with those Oregon teams, he didn't have necessarily a star quarterback. Like, when you think of Mariota, that was with Mark Helfrick. You know, Chip Kelly was out. 
Uh, Darren Thomas was the quarterback there who, who led them to the national championship game. Not many people talk about Darren Thomas, but you know, he was a good quarterback, solid, didn't make mistakes. And he could, uh, you know, tuck the ball and run if he wanted to. And I think that's what Thompson Robinson kind of has to model his game after if he's going to, you know, help lead UCLA to their best season in however many years. Is a uh, DTR, uh, how's his arm? You said he brought us accuracy up next year. Is it, is his arm uh, really there? Or is it more just kind of more of accuracy and hit the guy in stride? Or is he, is he able to like sling it down the field a little bit? He actually has a very pretty deep ball. And, you know, the, the two plays I would uh, advise you to check out is he threw to the same players two separate games. He had a deep ball in the first drive against LSU um, down the left sideline. And then he had one against Hawaii, which was his lone touchdown pass, this guy named Kaz Allen. And if you just were to look at those two plays, you've been like, wow, this guy throws it a beautiful deep ball. Like this guy's got a future, all that. It's, it's not more so the talent level. It's just the decision-making. It's always been the decision-making. He, um, he's prone to throw some dumb interceptions and make some mistakes. And, you know, and his interceptions, it's not like, Oh, you know, that tipped off the receiver's hands. Like, you know, it was a nice pass. Receiver should have hauled that one in. It's not his fault. It's kind of like, wow, he could not read that. Cover <laughs> at all. It was, it, it's really like, you know, you know, white and black differences when it comes to that. So yeah, it's um, it is what it is, man. But um, DTR, the talent is there. If he can make the right plays and the right reads, this team is going to have a chance to go really far. I want to move over to the defense side of the ball. It seems like you guys stacked the box against uh, LSU and brought a ton of guys. Is that normal? Is that, or is that something new we're seeing this year? That is uh, so we started to do that last year, a little bit more. Um, and then UCLA's defense these past three years, I'll kind of give you a, how bad we were before we got to this season. So Chip Kelly's first year in Westwood, he brings his defensive coordinator, Jerry as with him. Jerry followed him from Oregon to the NFL and he's back, you know, in the college ranks with him. So first year we are the 104th total ranked defense. Uh, for people that don't know what that means, there are 128 college football teams in division one. That's not great. That's not great. Fellas, the next year it gets even worse. We go to 116th <laughs> out of 128. So it's, I mean, it, it literally could not be any worse at this point, especially for a power five team. I, I'd assume that would be the worst power five defense in the country. I'd have to double point. check, but like, that is like the odds on favorite. If we're throwing money in gambling, <laughs> I would put some money on that. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would put a nice little uh, dollar or two on that, that we were the worst when it came to the power five schools. And then the next year we started to do the, uh, the blitzing scheme because we were having a, a difficult time uh, generating pressure on the quarterback. Uh, we started stacking the box and we had players that could now, you know, make that a possibility. Quantrez Knight, for instance, the strong safety that blitzes for UCLA's terrific players, a defensive leader. He was a transfer uh, from Kent State and he started his career in Maryland. Oh, wow. So Quantrez Knight is a guy to keep an eye out on. But um, yeah, so we started doing that. We got up to 73rd last year. And then this year, it's kind of just exploded in the first two games. You're seeing guys like Mitchell Agude, who was a uh, junior, caller, junior college transfer, come in and play. You're seeing Quinton Lake, who, you know, always had the talent to be a great safety. He made back-to-back -back incredible plays against LSU, breaking up passes. Uh, Quinton Lake, 
Uh, he, he's only played more than five games once in his career, but he was always uh, around being the best defensive talent that UCLA had. So having that guy healthy, having Mitchell Agude, Caleb Johnson really hasn't even popped yet. He was a guy who led the team in sacks last year. Uh, he had around six and, you know, seven games, which is really impressive. ALK how it's a transfer from uh, Alabama of all schools. And he's really made a, an impact. The first game against Hawaii, he had a sack and then he blocked the punt as well. So defense is flying to the football right now. And, you know, it was one thing to do it against Hawaii, but when you were dominating the line of scrimmage against LSU, SEC powerhouse, that really kind of opened the eyes to, you know, me and Bruin fans alike that it's like, wow, this defense is actually way, way better than we anticipated it being. So, man, if, if the Bruins can continue that kind of, you know, trajectory of moving forward, keep sending guys towards the quarterback and disrupting the backfield, things will all be well in Westwood in terms of defensively. I want to get your profession, your professional opinion on UCLA uh, and, and their game plan, because Michael and I, and we have another guy who's also named Caleb. Uh, we kind of think that the offensive line for the dogs is questionable. They decide when, when they want to show up and play, but we run the spread and we have weapons all over the field. Do you expect UCLA to bring more pressure because our offensive line is probably the weakest point of the offense or sit back and uh, guard our guys and not risk getting beat deep or 10, 12 yards down the field. So I think if I were you guys, I would, I would stay shotgun and I would spread it around, send out like three or four wide receivers, maybe a tight end mm -hmm. package, have a tailback back there to block and you better hope he's blocking. But <laughs> Hayner, I mean, we've, we've said it. I mean, he's the first FBS quarterback to have a thousand yards. Um, you guys have more than enough capable receivers out there to make some plays. I was just mentioning the four guys that have a hundred plus yards receiving through mm -hmm. three games. Um, and here's the thing with the, with the Bruins, they blitz like that and they stack the box because the secondary is the weakness of the team. Mm. So if you guys can make some plays, get some guys open and Hayner can deliver and hit those balls, it's going to be a close game. And I don't know if you guys watched the LSU game, but there was this specific play. We sent Quantrez Knight, our strong safety, off the edge to blitz Max Johnson, who was the quarterback for LSU. And there was a slot wide receiver. It may have been Boutte, who's like LSU's best receiver, or it may have just mm -hmm. been a slot guy. But he was wide open. Like, it wasn't even close. Quantrez Knight luckily got a hand on the football, <laughs> so it deflected it just enough that it fell into the grass. But had that been just a normal clean pass, that guy's gone for 70 yards. And that's the concern with putting so many guys in the box. So if mm -hmm. I were you with Hayner, a guy who can clearly spin the ball, one of the probably the better top 25 quarterbacks in college football, in my opinion, I'd say just air it out. Mm -hmm. Let the blitz come and just hit quick reads to your guys. I think that would be the diagnosis I would have for the Bulldogs to potentially beat the Bruins on Saturday. It sounds kind of similar to our game plan for Oregon. We were talking to those uh, a podcast up there at the Quack 12. They were saying that we were talking a little bit about, we noticed that their uh, DBs looked a little unexperienced with the classes. A lot of them were freshmen and sophomores. So we were thinking, hey, maybe they're going to have to air it out. And Jake did well. Jake Hainer played super well against them. We were in until the end. And our running game hasn't really gotten too going too much. But Ronnie Rivers has done a good job blocking. He, 
he was tasked sometimes going out and blocking Thibodeau and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't just fall over like I would have. So I mean, I give him some credit there, but uh, I was going to, I was looking through UCLA's uh, team today. And uh, one of the things I noticed was uh, your linebacking quarter looks pretty like a lot of veterans. It looked like there was a heavy juniors and senior type of, of guys. And I mean, they were like four or five seniors. So I just was wanting to see if any of those linebackers stand out to you. And is there somebody we should watch for on our end? I, I hear some of the names. I just don't know if they're linebackers or safeties or. No, you're spot on. Um, so the two guys I believe to be great are Caleb Johnson led the team in sacks last year. He hasn't even really popped this year, which if he can get going, I mean, just to add that to the nucleus of the pass rush, I mean, this team could be very, very scary in terms of Pac-12 football. ALK is the other guy. And this guy was a five-star recruit. Alabama went and played for Nick Saban, played there. He blocked three punts on special teams. This dude was going to get in and make some plays anyways. Um, so ALK had a sack blocked punt in that UCLA debut against Hawaii. It was a little quieter last week, but just from what I'm hearing from the coaches and everything with them, He's come in and he's asserted himself into the lineup since day one. And he's going to be a, you know, he's going to be there until he decides to leave or he runs out of eligibility. So LK Howe would be the dude. And I want to talk to you guys about this. You guys did run through Oregon, which has a superior secondary to us, which makes me a little bit more nervous. Who's the best skill position player out of the bunch for you guys? Is it, uh, you know, is it Kelly Cropper who you guys have for your best skill position player? Oh man, that's, um, I would, I think I would say Jalen Cropper because he, he opens up our playbook a little more. Uh, I'm sure you've seen, we, we run, we'll run a sweep with him. Uh, we'll run a shotgun. He'll run, you know, right across and hand it off, uh, against Cal Poly. He threw, he played quarterback in high school. So he threw touchdown pass against Cal Poly. Uh, and he, uh, he's really fast. So I, I think, and he put on 25 pounds of muscle over the offseason. Uh, 25 so, pounds? Yeah, and he's still fast. Yeah. So he's, he's a good player. He's, yeah. he's like my goal. I, I, I should put a picture up of Jalen Cropper before and after <laughs> walking to the gym. <laughs> good. Yeah, I don't even know what the guy looks like, and I just want to have a picture up. Yeah. 25 pounds of muscle. He's yeah. not good. I mean, I've only heard that from like Brad Pitt or something like that. Married <laughs> for a movie. So, man. Don't even know like really much oh, about Cropper, geez. but he's already on the short list of heroes already. So good stuff. Yeah. yeah, I I I would say him because he opens up the playbook more. But the nice thing about that is you, you can't focus on him because mm-hmm. Josh Kelly, Zane Pope, Carrick Wheatfall, uh Ty Jones, who's uh we have guys all over the board. So pick your poison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, how about you, Michael? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the same thing with Cropper. Cropper's been playing super well, but we've false had a couple touchdowns this year. He's had a big couple of big games. So the dogs, are, I mean, Jake Hayner, it, it really does a good job spreading it out. I, I'm looking at it here and like I, I've got the, our stats pulled up. I mean, it's crazy against Oregon. Wheatfall had five. Kelly had five. Cropper had seven. Pope had three. Ty Jones had two. Ronnie Rivers caught four. Uh, and Eric Brooks, who was a walk-on, who just got his scholarship this year. Oh, yeah, I love too. him, too. So, I mean, out of the 30 receptions, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys catch the football. Uh, so, this is it's it's really deep. You can kind of pick your poison, and and I think that's going to benefit the dogs all season is if there's a matchup they like, they they have the players to exploit it. So, I think Cropper's good. I, I like Wheatfall. And then Ronnie Rivers, to me, out of the backfield's big key because – 
he can break one and he can also block for you. So out of that, I think, and then he can also run the ball. We, he hasn't gotten going too, too much this year, but uh, I, I love Ryan rivers out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So Same with Jordan. The, uh, Mims. Who's the uh, team you guys would fear the most in the, is it mountain West you guys are in, right? Yeah. Uh, this year, Nevada, just because of Carson Strong, their quarterback there, and then, oh gosh, Dubs, I believe is his last name, a wide receiver. I, both of those guys will be playing on Sundays. Uh, so I, I fear them the most. Uh, I guess the next one would say, I would say Boise. And for some reason, uh, every year we'll eat, we'll pick to struggle against San Jose State or San Diego State. Uh, hopefully we don't do that. I, I think we're good enough this year where we won't have to worry about that too much, but yeah, Nevada and Boise definitely this year. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. San Diego state for me is the team. Cause against Oregon, we gave up 200 yards rushing San Diego state pounds the rock. And this Saturday we get UCLA who has great running backs. So <laughs> I think if, I think I feel a lot better when we play San Diego state, if we could play well against the Bruins this weekend, but if we go up a lot, a lot of running yards this weekend, when we go play San Diego state, which they're not playing home games this year, they're redoing their stadium. So they're playing in LA. I think they're playing at some soccer field. Okay. <laughs> um, it's the, the LA galaxy stadium. I think it was where the chargers. Yeah. Were playing. I think that's where, where the playing. chargers played. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think they're playing great there crowds. <laughs> yeah Ooh. what a home field advantage it was yeah. just so brutal oh yeah you gotta play all your games at least two hours away from your campus that's a that's a turd uh but i mean hey you know what are you gonna do so for me san diego state if we can't stop the run it's gonna be gonna not be fun against the, uh san uh, san diego the mountain west kind of reminds me of the pac-12 so there i have some family members uh who are graduates of pac-12 schools and i mean i'm i'm so i'm a bit i'm a stanford fan after oh, nice. um, so I was raised that way, but go dogs, uh, nothing beats <laughs> the dogs. But if I had to choose a team after Fresno State, it'd be Stanford. Um, and there's no way I'd ever get in there. But anyways, so they, um, I always have trouble with the Pac-12 because you guys just beat each other up all the time. Uh, especially, was it two years ago? I think, you know, everybody beats somebody and it ruins your shot at the playoff. And I, think the mountain west is kind of going to do that to each other this year uh, i hope not but we'll see uh, what is your opinion on the pac-12 just beating the heck out of each other it's changed a little bit because clay helton just got fired which is so big oh, right. yeah. you know usc um so that was the rivalry it's going to be interesting to see if ucla uh you know by the time they get to play sc is sc you know prepared you know, do they come together? Or do they, you know, kind of split apart with such a big move like that? Because that was, I mean, Stanford looked horrible in week one against Kansas State. Like it could not have been any worse. And for them to go into the Coliseum and beat SC that badly, you know, I mean, this is a team that is very talented. Keaton Slovis was, you know, loosely talked about the Heisman in preseason. This Drake London receiver, you know, He's going to be on the Blitnikoff award, you know, watch list all year. They have talented guys, you know, SC, I mean, they, they are still the predominant school when you think of football in Southern California. So for them to get beat like a drum by that Stanford team, it was just eye opening. I think on many levels and it really proved that, Hey man, this might be a lot more wide open than we thought. So initially I thought Oregon, um, you know, I thought they were going to be the favorites coming out of the North and, they struggled against you guys, and you guys are very good. 
but I thought that was going to be a concern for them, especially when Thibodeau went down, Justin Flo, their, you know, other talented defender, he was out mm-hmm. against Ohio state. I don't know what his status is. And then they go into Columbus and they beat the Buckeyes who are, you know, consensus top three to four teams. So I'm right high back up on Oregon. I think they're going to take the North for the South. It's going to come down to four teams. The South is probably the most competitive region of the PAC 12. So not going to quit on USC yet. I think they've still have way too much talent to underperform. Um, Utah, Kyle Whittingham, the coaching job he does there year in and year out. And, you know, he's a guy that I think is one of the more underrated coaches in the country, never gets the credit, but that team is always hovering around eight or nine wins. Always a tough game to play. They don't make stupid mistakes or well-coached team. Uh, Utah is going to be in the thick of things. They have 19 starters returning out of 22 and they have a ton of transfers for instance, Brewer, their quarterback, you know, he I came like from him. Baylor. Yeah, he yeah. came from Baylor, had a great career there. Uh, got some running backs from LSU and Oklahoma there now. Talented team. I know they lost last week to BYU, but I'm not ready to quit on them either. And then the other team is Arizona State, ASU. Mm-hmm. Um, Herm Edwards, that guy can flat out coach a football team. Speaking of coaching up a squad, Arizona State for years was a team that had so much talent, but was relatively like dumb they would just make stupid mistakes you know what i mean and it probably has something to do with the partying that goes on in Arizona. <laughs> frankly honest you know they get into these situations they would commit just dumb penalties you know holding calls things like that you know and, and crucial moments of the game that would just you know deter their whole chance of winning a, a ball game herm edwards has coached them up so well and has them so disciplined and you got a quarterback in Jaden daniels the running back, Rashad White. This guy, average, average. I thought this was a typo. 10 yards a carry on 430, like on, for 430 yards. So he had 43 carries for 10 yards a carry. That is <laughs> supremely impressive. They got a great run game, good defense there. They probably have the best secondary in the pack. Uh, all four of their starters have 25 starts in the secondary. Uh, Chase Lucas is probably going to be all first team pack 12. Jack Jones, the other corner, was a five-star from, uh, you know, Southern California, went to SC, then transferred to ASU. And then there's us. I think we have a legitimate shot. The LSU game really gave me confidence that this team can, you know, compete with just about anybody. Um, Will they get there? That's one question. But they have the talent to compete. So I think anywhere between those four teams and then Oregon uh, for the Pac-12 championship game, I think is a very realistic outcome. How much of it do you think was uh, – or do you think that LSU is going to be a good team or because of what you did to them? Uh, because sometimes I hear in the Valley down here, well, LSU is not going to be that great this year. So that was expected. I mean, I, did, I was impressed. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, I think Orgeron's on the hot seat. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, but just knowing the talent that that team had – and I, I, I feel bad for LSU because, you know, the hurricane displaced them in the middle of that. They had to go to Houston to train. You know, they were kind of out of their element in a lot of ways. A lot of the players probably had family members that were dealing with the hurricane. So I don't want to put it, you know, squarely. You know, I, don't, I hate to make excuses, but that's like a good one. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, I don't know how good or bad they'll be, but 
from my perspective, this team just won a national championship two years ago. Mm -hmm. They still have a lot of good starters from that team on their current roster. Derek Stingley is going to be a top five pick. Um, their other corner, uh, Elias Ricks, he's uh, from modern day. He chose to go to LSU. He's going to be a top, you know, first or second round pick. So when you just break it down like that, I think we beat a very talented football team. Um, and yeah. I think that bodes well for UCLA, who coming into this year, guys, did not even have an out-of-conference victory under Chip Kelly. So that's three years of them not beating a team out of conference. So there is a positive with that. And I think, you know, LSU has the talent to be good. I don't know if they will. So that will be my prediction on the Tigers uh, from the SEC. And the SEC is tough. They got to go out. That, that's that's a really, really – that's they always have good teams. Really hard. Yeah, yeah. Go out and play Alabama, all right? You got your butt kicked. Go play Georgia. <laughs> it's like, all right, gee, thanks. No rest for the week, you know. Uh, but you brought up hot seats. You think Coach O is on the hot seat. Um, but UCLA hasn't been super great over the past few years. So that brings me to Chip Kelly. Um, I think he's got a few things he's got to do to keep his seat cool. Um, one, is he on the hot seat? Are Bruins fans – are they already forgotten that the, they were down in the 100s in terms of defense and they weren't really that great for two years under Chip Kelly? So what is his seat like? What's the feeling around uh, Bruins fans uh, regarding Chip Kelly? Coming in this year was scorching. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's scorching, man. It was very hot. It was like uh, when you hot into, when you hop into one of those cars that has the seat warmers, mm -hmm. it was you turn that all the way to the max, man. Like it was as hot as it could be. But, you know, he showed through two games, you know, some big changes that need to be made. Um, I actually think there's no way he doesn't win between seven and eight games now, which I think was the cutoff for him, especially with this much returning starters, you know, a lot of senior leadership coming back. He, I think he's going to win seven to eight games, so – when he does achieve that, he will be effectively off the hot seat for another year. But yeah, you're totally right. Coming in this year, he needed to prove himself. And through these two games, he has. I mean, if we're talking after the game and you guys beat us, you know, we can revisit the conversation and be like, <laughs> hey, you know, he's right back on it. But I think as of today, and from what I've seen and just the improvements the team's made, he's moving in the direction where he's going to get himself off of that by year's end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be that'd be. I mean, that'd be. I mean, I was looking and, uh, dude, I was like, okay, he's gotta he's gotta go undefeated in non-conference. That's what I thought. And you, like you said, if you, if he takes the loss this weekend, that's not gonna be not gonna be great. But uh, I mean, if you guys can compete for the Pac-12 title, I mean, that would be saving of all kinds of you know sins that he's he's got. I mean, you said Arizona State, but Arizona looked terrible. They would look like they were partying dirt like before the game showed up. They just got their butts kicked against San Diego State. I mean that was 35 to 7 at halftime is not great. So hopefully you guys and Oregon State's not very good. I'm not sure if you guys play them this uh this year but uh unfortunately um, not but uh yeah I think we're gonna try to kick Arizona out of the pack. Are you guys uh free to join us <laughs> in the Bulldogs? We're in we're in. You okay, let us know. I mean, they're a basketball school, so we do like them for basketball. But my <laughs> God, the football team is just an embarrassment right now. Um, it is just a sad, sad story down in Tucson, what's going on there. But yeah, we'd love to get a competitive team like Fresno State in there, man. That would be uh, well, pretty cool. They went and thought they got Kevin Shulman from Texas A&M, and they thought they were going to be competitive. And he was terrible. And now he's already gone. 
and now they got a new right he they got a new head coach in there so hope hopefully somebody can can figure that out man yeah they so, got jed uh, fish he's the former uh oc quarterback coach uh for ucla so oh. he was uh he was with university of michigan before that he's got a nice background um but he's, I mean, year one with him, it's going to be tough because he's kind of just inheriting a situation that has been so bad. And I was surprised, Kevin Sumlin. I mean, this is the dude that got Johnny Manziel a Heisman, you know, beat Oklahoma in a bowl game. Uh, you know, produced a, Mike Evans came out of there, great NFL receiver. Um, so, yeah, I was a big fan of Sumlin. Who's your guys' NFL teams, if you guys don't let me ask? Well, we're, we're rivals. I'm, I'm Raiders. Uh, I'm a Niners oh, fan. Amazing. I'm a Niners fan. Oh my gosh. Michael <laughs> is my guy. So I am Heck a yeah, Will. Fan. Heck yeah, I am Will. a Niners fan. But I will say this. I watched the nation last night. That's the best defense I've seen from the Raiders in quite some time. Yeah. All thanks to Max Crosby. I love Max Crosby. I mean, no, they're all good. Um, yeah, we, we Derek Carr needs help on their side <laughs> of the ball. <laughs> D Carr needs help, man. And uh hey, Darren Waller, though. I like oh. He's going to break some records this year, I think, in the tie. He had 19, 18 targets last night. Crazy. You career what high. What was it? What was that stat? He was like third in the league in receptions last year, only behind Devontae Adams and like DeAndre Hopkins. And you're like, what the heck? Like, what is this? This dude's a freak. And then last night, he just follows it up with like 13 more. <laughs> it's like, dang, dude. Dude is an absolute baller, man. Like, I think you guys are super lucky to have Waller there. Um, how are we feeling about our Niners, man? I was super bummed about <laughs> that. Uh, what the heck happened? I, so here's what happened. So I'm in my apartment in San Francisco. <laughs> Sunday, I get the afternoon games after. I order my pizza. I'm very excited. Um, I got to go pick it up, though. So I see gold kick the field goal. It's 41-17 when I leave. So I'm like, oh, we got this in the bag. You know, take, get in my car, drive away, go pick up the pizza. I come back into my apartment it is 41:33. Goff is on like the 25 yard line. I'm like, what? Is, what just happened? Like, I'm like losing my mind. Oh my gosh, what dude! I was world? I was like yelling at the TV because so so Jason Verrett is on coverage and the lines are driving. We're up by three scores and he tears his ACL and so you're just like this heartbreaking blow for this dude who's got tons of injuries. Played great last year and he gets hurt. So that's like a big blow. So then they go down and score and you go, okay. Then the Lions kick this onside kick. And I George Kittle is my dude. I love George Kittle. Oh, if I can get a if I can get a beer with anybody in the NFL, George Kittle is my number one pick. And I don't even care who would second be. Like that dude <laughs> just looks like he'd be so much fun to hang out with. Let's like so like, but the ball off like oh, the onside kick thing bonked him on the head. In fantasy, they counted it a fumble. I don't know how they counted that a fumble. I mean, I guess, but they counted it as a – anyway, I would have lost by 50 anyway, so it doesn't really matter that the two points. But I, mean... oh, I feel you, man. I feel you. It's, it's pride when it comes to fantasy. At that point. <laughs> so you're trying – even if you're down by that much, you're trying to extend yeah. it. But I got a guy for you guys this weekend. Speaking of Kittle, there's a guy – and tell me if you see this when you're watching it. Dulcich, we talked about him mm -hmm. earlier. And this is high praise for me because I'm as just as big as a Niners fan as you are, Mike. So George Kittle reminds me of Dulcich. Not only do they wear 85, Dulcich might be the best receiving tight end in the country after the catch like Kittle is. He can block. He runs great routes. I mean, he scored a 75-yard touchdown against LSU where he's outrunning <laughs> LSU defensive backs. And that's DBU. Like, that is as mm -hmm. good as it gets. Dulcich – 
the craziest part about this Dulcich guy, you want to speak about chip on his shoulder. This dude played four miles from the Rose bowl. And so that's where he went to high school. Didn't have one PAC 12 offer walked on at UCLA. Wow. And he's now, you know, in the conversation for the John Mackey award, which is the best tight end in the country. Throw on the tape from last year, man, our USC game. He may have been the best player on the field. He had 10 catches, 167 yards and a touchdown against USC. I mean, that was, that was his coming out party game where people were like, wow, this dude's for real. And I mean, he just had a followed it up with a hundred yard plus receiving game against LSU. So that's the guy. And I know that's high praise from a Niner fan, but bro, watch this guy. Uh, he reminds me of another 85. That's all I, I mean, like I see, I saw the highlight you're talking about where he, and, and he, like Kittle, didn't really fend away from the DBs. Kittle, he like, will right make it, at him. He will make, Kittle will make an effort to say, I'm going to run you over. And you have to decide whether or not you want to, And that's a little, I mean, he, he went through the LSU defense. So dogs got to gang tackle that guy. You got to wrap two, three dogs around him to get him down, I think. So I, I'm interested to see how he does this weekend. Because the dogs have done a good job getting two, three guys at the ball and tackling. So maybe he carries a dog to the end zone or two, but I mean, I'm curious to see what happens. So it'll be fun. Where, where's his family background? Do you know, Dulcich, Dulcich, uh, like his, like, um, he's gotta be where, like Croatia or Serbian. That's my guess. I'm pretty sure we actually like, so his brother just started working for the LA football network. I have yet to meet him, but, uh, George Dulcich started working for us. So Greg's brother is going to be there, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, I, next time I when I first meet George, I'll ask. But yeah, I'm thinking it's like Croatian, maybe some Serbia, something like that. But uh, that's just uh, th- those are the betting odds as it stands right yeah. now. Yeah, see if he is, send him my way. I got some <laughs> wine for him. We, we might be cousins. <laughs> oh, where, what 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 ethnicity are you from? Man? Uh, Croatian. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Some, Croats, some Croats, man. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know they're mean though, man. No. <laughs> Nah, man, you've been nothing but nice to me. So I've been uh, enjoying this time. Fellas, I got to run soon. Um, what is your guys' prediction for the game score-wise? Well, well I was, that's what I was just about to say. The spread's at 11.5 right now. You guys are favored. And it's 62.5 over. Uh, with the dogs, I always take the over. Um, <laughs> but like the Oregon game, I, I got to take the dogs on this one. I, I think we're going to see uh, – Oh gosh, I, I I can't say a winner is too hard, but uh, probably <laughs> six points. My, my spread would be six points. I like it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Given what I've seen you guys do to Oregon, given how that offense is clicking, I think it's going to be closer than a lot of people think. Uh, Mike, what you got? I, I, I dogs have beat UCLA four straight times. I think three. it was the number three. three. Or four. Is it three? Or are they going for four? Yeah. I don't remember. It, it's. It's three or four. That's pretty good for a, a group of five going to a, going to a power five because UCLA doesn't come up here. So um, I I think if the dogs if the dogs can uh, contain and do the gang tackling and can, Jake Hayner can throw the ball around. I mean, I, I think I think the dogs can pull an upset. They almost beat Oregon. Um, we are still relatively healthy. Knock on wood. Um, I know LSU is good, but the biggest thing for me is LSU's had two weeks to prep for the dogs. So there's a difference. I think. I don't think Kellen DeBoer is going to get out coached very frequently, but I think this, uh, this weekend has a chance because UCLA has got two full weeks to watch all the film on the dogs. So that's, I, I think it could be an upset for the dogs. I think it's going to be close. And I think uh, UCLA will pull away with a touchdown at the end. I think it's going to be 41, 27 
Mm. Uh, it's going to be a close game. And yeah, I think it's going to be like 34, 27, five minutes left in the fourth. that could go either way. Either Charbonnet or Dulcich is going to make a big play and kind of push it out of reach. But that's no disrespect. I mean, you guys are freaking talented, man. And like, like I was saying, we got Oregon State and U of A in our conference. I think we'd rather have you guys <laughs> this year, at least football-wise, for the next couple of years, man. So, you know, even if this is a loss for you guys and you guys keep it close, the bowl committee is going to look at this game and be like, hey, like, you guys were close against Oregon and UCLA, maybe two teams that played each other in the Pac-12 championship. That's what we're hoping you for. Wait, that you guys are going to be looking damn well come bowl season, maybe holiday bowl, maybe one of those like nice New Year's Day bowls if everything keeps going right. So, Heck yeah, I'm always interested to see in these games with a running team and a great O line like UCLA against a spread, uh, fast attacking team like Fresno State. What, how are we going to play? How's UCLA going to play? It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch, boys. Uh, you guys watching together this weekend, or were you guys watching? Should we should watch together, Caleb. I'll just go over to your house. <laughs> Watching at Givali Winery. <laughs> the sponsor for the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> heck yeah, well, heck yeah. Yeah. Well, they signed my oh. check, so. <laughs> That's a sponsor in some way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you uh-huh. go. Fellas, thank you so much for having me on Beware the Bulldog. This was a lot of fun. Oh, Will, thanks for joining us. Everybody thank go you, check man. Will out on the Bible Bruin. The Bruin Bible. Got to get that right. Bruin Bible podcast. And do you have a Twitter? Yes, I'm at uh, just joined Twitter. So it is uh, Will at Will LAFB. So LA Football Now. Perfect. Uh, we're new to Twitter too. We're trying to figure it out. So throw me a follow, <laughs> boys. Uh, we will. You. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Uh, loved having it, loved being a part of it. And look forward to maybe doing this again soon. Thank cool. you. Yeah. Will, send me your address. Uh, over email and i'm are you into wine love wine okay i'm gonna send you some wine send me your address oh it's very sweet i will uh, definitely do that brother uh, i'm very excited for that all right i'll cut cool. that out so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like give my address yeah. <laughs> all your listeners like spam me after that <laughs> yeah. uh, all right well, thank hey, you thanks will appreciate you later fellas thank yeah. you guys take care yeah.